I'd love to just share my poem because I find great, extremely uh, motivational. It's empowering. It has so much depth to it. And I say it, you know, a few times before I do exams, I say it before I go out marketing, I say it before I do things that I've never done before in my life. So let's do it. Okay. Now it's this feeling in my stomach that I love the most. It propels me to just do it. I don't mean to boast. I know that when I get these nerves inside of me, a surge of confidence will come in the poised person I want to be. I know to breathe in and everything will flow. Follow with an out breath. And now I'm ready to go. Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. Hey, leaders, I've got an amazing young man, an amazing young leader for the podcast today. His name is Dustin Taylor, UNB Fredericton. He's got a really kind of a little bit of an interesting path before he joined us. Typically, uh, most of our operators are first, second, third, fourth year. You know, maybe they'll take a gap year and then we'll sort of bump into them. He actually had, uh, you know, really, again, an interesting path before he joined us. And he something he shares in the in the podcast, very very positive, very motivating, inspiring leader. He's brought uh, a couple of referrals, a couple of his best friends to work with him in Fredericton this year. And his goal is to jump the business in Fredericton from one hundred and thirty thousand to a half a million dollars, including these two great friends and great other uh, rookie operators, and working as a triad. And uh, really excited for what they're, they're creating. And I know you're going to love the, the podcast. So uh, please listen in. And uh, again, if you, you know any young leaders, if, if you know people who are really looking to create a big future, and you know we need leaders now more than ever with all the, the challenges we're facing in the world today. So if you know, need people, if you know people who are up to something and really really want to be in an, uh, an organization that can support them, please send them to, to me at studentworks.com slash apply, or you could send me an email at chris at leaderspodcast.ca. And please recommend our podcast, The Leadership Tomorrow. Have an unbelievably great day. Thank you. Dustin, welcome to The Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. So excited to have you here. Oh, thank you so much, Chris. I am honored to be here. Fantastic. Fantastic. So Dustin, one that I wanted to sort of start with is, is you've kind of got an interesting and more unusual past than many of our operators. So why don't you tell us about, you know, what were you doing before Student Works and what brought you to decide you wanted to work with us? Absolutely. Um, let me just start by saying Student Works has been seriously one of the most exhilarating opportunities I've ever had, but I've been through a lot. As you mentioned, I have extraordinary past. So back in high school, when I was about 16 years old, uh, you know, my mother was doing her best in order to, you know, manage the finances and figure things out. But we ended up losing the house. So by 16 years old, I was completely independent. Um, Since then, I've been just taking care of myself and seeing what I can get my hands into. Right. In high school, I figured immediately that 
in order to have the best life possible, I was going to have to become the best student I could be. So right then I was involved in extracurriculars like student representative council, as well as football, wrestling, rugby, took all honor level classes in order to really exemplify myself on that transcript. But by the end of grade 12, I figured, hey, I'm going to get into cooking. I love Okay. Why not become a chef? So I right. bites on the Culinary Institute of Canada. And it's in PEI. I attended there two years. So it's a two-year program. In between years one and two, I traveled out to British Columbia, where I worked at the fabulous Mission Hill Family Estate Winery. Big, beautiful winery on top of an extinct volcano with this beautiful bell tower. It was just been there. Really cool. Yes, it's amazing. So I worked there for three summers consecutively. I'd finished my first summer, went back to school, ended up graduating. And uh, once again, like I said, being the best student you can be really sets you apart. So I was the graduating speaker. At that time, I said this little poem that I'll, I'll probably mention a little bit later that really is the soul of who I am. Okay. So I finished off school. I'd gone out to British Columbia in between the seasons as it is a beautiful location, but the winery was only open seasonally. So I went to Toronto, spent some time there, worked in a wonderful restaurant, but I ended up burning out. I figured that the industry is not necessarily where I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. In kitchens was phenomenal. I worked in really high-end kitchens like in Toronto, Auberge de Pommier, just an amazing experience. I learned a lot and I realized that cooking itself was a wonderful step into the business world because it's a perfect blend between service as well as production. So you mm-hmm. have the idea of how to manage a business, manage individuals, manage the experience that the customers are having. So I took that with a, a grain of salt and moved back to British Columbia, where I had my third year working at that winery. And during that time, there was a lot of backstabbing and, and not f- from me, but to me. Um, so I mm-hmm. under the bus on multiple occasions and eventually I lost my attitude. For the first time in my life, I really was just not somebody you wanted to be around. Right. That was a huge component of changing my life and my lifestyle. So I had left the restaurant industry for a little while. I got into marketing. I was also studying holistic nutrition at the time. So I was thinking, you know, with this cooking background, let's put it together with nutrition. And I would have the opportunity to change people's lives and possibly save their lives through a lifestyle change. Um, Big goals. I wanted to literally save people's lives. And I figured, you know, that would be a great industry to stick with. In order to support myself while studying that, I was making sales, doing direct sales. So selling cosmetics and makeup. Oh, just got some people coming here. I uh, was quiet down here a minute ago. <laughs> My apologies. <laughs> Dustin's found a spot in the bottom of his school library. So uh... <laughs> <laughs> wonderful. Now there's uh, about 15 people here now all of a sudden. Great. Um, that being said, I'll just get right back into it. So I was studying holistic nutrition and I was in a marketing job where I was going to business to business and it was my first opportunity outside of an institution. Okay. So I was finally able to have that freedom to figure out my own day and how I was going to achieve my goals. And I stuck with that for quite a while. I did really well with it. I loved it. I truly did. It was a lot of fun and it was amazing having the opportunity to, you know, practice the impulse sales and, and see how People, you know, really deal with a stranger walking up to them, showing the right. product and selling it to them. It was so much fun. Um, so I did really well with that. And I 
was I ended up dropping out of holistic nutrition. And then I traveled across uh, Canada and worked with some of the other offices. I was doing some training. I was being trained. They sent me to Dallas, Texas, Las Vegas, New York, the Bahamas, which was amazing, similar to our Mexico trip. Right. That marketing job was the very first opportunity that I had to be in a management training program. I liked it a lot, but in the end, after a year of being with the company, I had made it into management. And then I had a falling out with my mentor at the time. Um, he was going through some things and it became personal. So I ended up working with some other individuals, but I just felt like this impending you know, need to do more with my life than just sell car wax and pickup. Wonderful company. And I do believe they were a foundational component to my success, um, even in the marketing and sales of this business, right? So I left Alberta and I ended up coming back to New Brunswick. It was my home province. And while here, I decided I was going to go back to school. So now I'm pursuing an honors in marketing with double operations in entrepreneurship and human resource management. Ideally, I like to say that I'm setting myself up to be a startup entrepreneur Mm -hmm. about starting businesses for myself. But I, similar to yourself, I have this goal that I want to help a lot of people get into businesses for themselves. First, I must do it. Absolutely. And you're doing it well. Thank you. So I know uh, Dustin was our top East Coast rookie operator and our top performer and won the top quality award. So just in your mind, uh, Dustin, what are top performers doing differently? Really, I think it comes down to three things, Chris. Attitude, work ethic, and a willingness to learn. I like to call it a student mentality. When you, let's go backwards here. So student mentality or willingness to learn really sets many of the top performers apart from those who are just trying to be their best, right? When you're trying to just be the best you can be at this moment and hold on to something, you get into more of like a defensive position where if you're just trying to be better, you know, you accept the failures as they come as just a first attempt in learning. Right. I have this better idea that, you know, what you're doing right now and how you're acting is, you know, going to improve and improve and get better all the time, where if you think you're just the best and you're holding on to that, it starts slipping. You know, there's always somebody out there ready to take your lunch. Right. Then the next one I mentioned was work ethic. So Les Brown says, to be successful, you must be willing to do the things today that others won't do in order to have the things tomorrow that others won't have. I put that in my own words every now and then, but it's really the foundation of that work ethic. You're willing to invest in yourself and take some risks and then put in the hard work. You know, nothing's going to come easy. And if it does, watch out. It's probably not worth it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But then that comes back to attitude. So this is the huge component of who I truly am. I know a lot of people know me for being this positive individual. And I see that among the other top performers in our industry and even in other industries, those individuals who are doing customer service just a little bit better than the others, you know, they're doing and it's attitude, you know, the dictionary definition of attitude is a settled way of thinking, feeling about something typically reflected in one's behavior. You know, so if you have a positive attitude about, you know, learning new things and going out there and doing the hard work, you know, you're going to have better results. On top of that, you know, your attitude is your emotional intelligence. Do you control yourself and not let things get under your skin? 
You know, are you perceiving things in a positive attitude? You know, are you that perspective, right? When you look at a problem, are you looking at it like, oh no, this is throwing my business off? Or are you looking at it as this is an opportunity to improve myself? And you will always, 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 and I stand by this with a positive attitude, you will overcome every obstacle as long as you put in that work ethic and you're willing to learn. Absolutely. I think learning is such so much of a better framework, you know, I'm just, you know, growth, you know, contribution, those things rather than the certainty of doing well, because that's a, that's a tough value to live with. Absolutely. So why do you think you were recognized for doing such great work, Dustin? What mindset or what structures did you set up in your business to make that happen? I really just followed the systems from the beginning. I had faith that it was going to work, you know, from Day one, talking with Conrad, I knew this is an opportunity to get myself out of this rut. But what really, really shone through in the end, just by following the systems, what made me a little different was the customer and staff relationships that I built. You know, my staff really respected me and so did the customers. So throughout that, I was able to really put a lot of attention to detail without, you know, micromanaging. So my staff understood what I you know, my customers had clear expectations of what they were getting. So in the end, you know, it really came down to expectation management, I'd say. Okay, that's great. That's great. And so how do you see things differently now, Dustin, after your first year's experience? I truly understand now the significance of leverage. Mm-hmm. Your own time um, to manage other people's time is, is just so much better than working to make a little bit of money, you know, trading your skill and time for money, being an employee. Yeah. It's definitely a complete shift there, understanding the significance of leverage, as well as relationships. You know, one of our values are relationships are everything. And I didn't really significantly understand that until going through this business and having the opportunity to, you know, have these relationships with employees, with mentors, with of course my customers, right? My clients. And Having these relationships and then putting it in context with, you know, that book that we were reading, um, Fierce Conversations, you know, a relationship equals communication. Without communication, you can't have a relationship. And that's something that's really impacted me the most is that relationships are literally everything. Um, so that in combination with the leveraging other people's time in order to accomplish larger tasks than you could ever do yourself. Yeah, the sky's the limit. Awesome. And, and I know one thing, uh, just to follow up on that, I know one thing that you've done is you've brought some referrals into the business. Mm-hmm. So how's that been impacting you? How do you think that's been impacting your friends that you've brought into the business, you know, et cetera? Oh, I'm so glad you mentioned that because I, I was really looking for a moment to plug them in here. I just yeah. give them so much credit. You know, these are two individuals that I truly have so much respect for my best friend, Max, and my best friend, Faraz. And these mm. have decided that they are going to be operators this year. So Max is painting business with myself and, and uh, Faraz is going to be running the window cleaning. Now, what's really cool is our, our area last year did a lot of things by myself. And I barely even touched the surface of the city. And I was able to pull out almost $130,000 in revenue. So in combination, we want to pull out over half a million. And I truly believe that what sets our little triangle apart from every other, you know, operator 
Canada is this strong bond that we have and this willingness to work together. Our teamwork is going to make it all the difference. So after January training this weekend, you know, I was obviously talking with them and saying, hey guys, you know, how do you feel? What's going on? You know, what's changed since this weekend? And mm-hmm. just the spark you can see in their eye is phenomenal. Like I love January training last year when I had gone, I came back all ready and fired up, ready to go. And to now see that in them as well, you know, not only is it putting, bring us even closer than I could ever think possible, but now I'm seeing them grow as individuals. And that's where I'm most invested in this summer. I want to hit my goals, of course, but I'm invested in making sure that our team hits their goals because that is more rewarding to me than, you know, just profitability or something like that. 100%. And we'll always do more for others than we will for ourselves. And and so, you know, one great program that you might want to look at is setting up a, an accountability call with each of them every week. Let's, let's go talk. How, how, did we hit our goals? What's happening well? What's not happening? What's standing in our way? Those sorts of things. Absolutely. And just to touch on that, what's nice is Faraz and I see each other literally every day. We are in five out of five classes together and have been since the beginning of our university journey. And Max and I are actually roommates. So the combination, we see each other, all three of us every day. We hold each other accountable, but that's just our little municipal, you know, that's our small circle. So above that, we're also going to be having our individual accountability partners outside of our little org- our little triangle, as well right. as a group call with uh, the other East Coasters. We really want to make sure that everybody's completely invested. And if anybody has issues or, you know, they need help, that we're here. We are an organization that needs to support each other in order so we all succeed. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yes, yeah, thanks. everyone gets stuck. Everyone gets stuck, right? And and it's really being willing to be vulnerable when we're stuck to reach out and get get someone unstuck. And it's funny, I I get a bunch of uh, uh, calls from past alumni, you know, and and you know been been around a while. And hey, I'm, I'm kind of stuck with this issue or this topic. You know, that just makes so much sense, and I really really love when I get those calls. So Wonderful. so that's great that you're setting that up in your business. Hey, leaders. I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. Since we started this podcast, every person you've heard from has been one of the incredible alumni of the Student Works Management Program. In large part, that's how I got to meet these amazing people and participate in their development. Starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast, interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down the path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. Now back to the episode. So Dustin, could you have seen yourself here about to do a $350,000 business, uh, you know, 18 months ago? You know, I was thinking about this question and after listening, of course, I listened to Leaders of Tomorrow and this is a common question that you ask. 18 months ago, I didn't even know about Student Works. Mm -hmm. I was going through an awful relationship. I was diagnosed with 
generalized anxiety disorder. And I'm not going to let that define me. So I continued on with my path and I was just going through a really rough time. So about 14 or 15 months ago, I'd had that first phone call. Hey, do you want to come to an interview? And I had already gone through a management training program before, as I mentioned. So knowing that I want all this business experience anyway, I said, hey, you know, what could hurt? What could I lose by going to this interview? So 15 months ago, no, I probably wouldn't see myself here until after that, you know, first interview or when we finally had our conversation. But 12 months ago, after January training, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Great. <laughs> <laughs> And so anything you'd like to share with the leaders on this podcast? Yes. And I'd love to just share my poem because I find great, extremely uh, motivational. It's empowering. It has so much depth to it. And I say, it, you know, a few times before I do exams, I say it before I go out marketing. I say it before I do things that I've never done before in my life. So let's do it. Okay. Whew. Now it's this feeling in my stomach that I love the most. It propels me to just do it. I don't mean to boast. I know that when I get these nerves inside of me, a surge of confidence will come in the poised person I want to be. I know to breathe in and everything will flow. Follow with an out breath. And now I'm ready to go. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you so much. So Dustin, when you think of a leader of tomorrow, what do you think of? So. A leader of tomorrow, I believe a leader of tomorrow in very specific terms would be the commander of what's to come. You know, it's somebody who is sacrificing and developing themselves now in order to be the inspiration for others later, right? And I think that, you know, with an organization like Student Works, they're really fundamentally building the people who are going to make the largest waves you know, tomorrow, right? And then in the future, these are individuals who, you know, are going to be leading the largest companies in Canada or the world. You know, they're going to be developing things and and finding solutions to problems that we don't even know about yet or things lingering for a long time. You know, leaders of tomorrow are the individuals now that like Les Brown is, is doing the things today and nobody else will in order to have the things tomorrow. And nobody else can. Awesome. I love that. I love that. And Les Brown for our leaders, definitely a, a, an amazing man and lots to say. And really, really, again, a great framework for people to, to hear. So if you've not heard, that's again, highly recommended um, and, and a lot of free content on the internet uh, for, for Les Brown. Absolutely. So Dustin, thank you very much. I, I, I was really excited to have you on. I knew it would be awesome. It was So uh, excited to see what you create this year. I know it's going to be awesome. It's just a question of how awesome it's going to (laughs) be. It's all coming down to uh, how committed am I every single day? 100%. That's That's always what it's about. Exemplary integrity. (laughs) Fantastic. Okay. You have a fantastic day. Thanks, Thanks, Chris. You as well. See you. You bet. Hey, leaders. I hope you enjoyed this episode. By now, you are aware that we work with ambitious students every single year to not only help them run their first successful business, but to further their development as a leader and give them an unfair advantage in the future 
over their counterparts. It's why starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast, interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down their path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. And I can't wait to see you on the other side.